0: Hey, you guys. It's Kilowatt. I am on my way home um, from my first day to work in about six days. And I was prepared for having to take the time off. I've been having some issues with my son, and I touched on that last episode. Um, And I'm having to figure out what it is to be a mother... Um, while your child doesn't live with you and it's not permanent, nothing's permanent for him, um, and what it's like to have like an addict, uh, refuse to stop using, um, even though it puts your family in harm, like in harm's way, um, or in detriment, It causes a lot of issues internally. So I took a couple days with my vacation floaters. Because I knew that inevitably I was going to have a little bit of a mental break. Which I did. Um, Things are really stressful right now for a lot of my passengers. And from what I can feel. We have a lot of planets fixing to go retrograde right now. Which usually causes some type of inner turmoil. Um, And I mean I even... Like, I don't, it, I wouldn't call it a fight at all. I think my sister was correct in saying that she was simply trying to say how she felt. And I took it the wrong way because I was defensive. And I'm not really somebody who does well when there's like a fight or if my own perception is a fight or anything of discomfort. Um, like when it comes to people that I genuinely love. Like when I really love you. I have a super hard time understanding. Um, how to come back from that. Or how to. Um, how to move past. this sense of feeling uncomfortable. or Or this sense of shame. Like. I have a horrible time adjusting and, um, I think my sister did a really well, like a really good job of, of, calling me out on some, like some type of frivolous spending that I was doing, which is correct. And I actually feel really bad about the way I responded. Um, and so I just <laughs> like whenever somebody that I love tries to point out to me that I'm doing something that's harmful, for myself. And they're doing it out of love like out of love for me, right? Cuz they're trying to help me. I um, I could perceive that the wrong way especially if I have been feeling like really anxious about life events. And this weekend I had to kick my son out and figure out if I was going to sign my rights over to the state. And I was I was given a little bit of a like a a window of time to decide. Um, there's a wonderful woman named Sandra, who's a foster mom out in Malala, and she offered her home to Jake uh, while I made some decisions because initially I offered him um, a substance abuse program where it was like an inpatient and he could get therapy and. And identify what his triggers are for wanting to use, and so um, also what kind of like motivation he has to get the recognition from a group of people that that are into some pretty hefty shit. And and that being said, I mean his friends who are in the drug scene, and by drug scene I mean it's marijuana, but there's also like mushrooms and acid, which both times I've had to deal with that and I realized that, that I was not getting anywhere and in, in helping him understand that his intense desire to use is, is stemming from an intense desire to numb and also using that as an excuse to continue being an addict. So I was hoping that if I could get him into this treatment program and I went through all the steps to get the referrals. And I was taking all the correct action only to be met halfway in the middle of no thanks. I'm just going to move out. And if you try to put me in foster care, I'm going to tell them that I was abused in your care. And I was like, okay, now we're talking false charges. And I had to just close that chapter for now. And there's a lot of um, internal conflict I have from that. When I was 18, I got kicked out of the house. And so I, I also just got to understand what that feels like as a mother who's trying to help and is being met um, with no compromise at all. And um, before this even started, I'd reached out to his dad and I asked his dad to help to take him. And he said, you're on your own with this. And, and I've basically had no help from him. So at this point... I mean, I'm getting, you know, comments that he's looking to go be a nomad. Um, And so that's not really a life you can live with a child at your hip. And I don't think he he was ever planning on that. I think that's the way it dropped him off and wanted to go on this spiritual journey. And that's great. Um, But I'm in the middle of a place in my life where I can't allow my child to live with me. And I don't want to give them up to the state. So I've reached out to a couple temporary places. Um, but I've found that they're disqualifying you if you've ever experienced any type of abuse. Which is unfair. Um, and also pretty discriminatory if you ask me. So that being said. Uh, the abuse has never occurred for me. It was something that happened a long time ago. And so I, I'm looking at my options. And and in the process of doing that, I made some poor spending decisions. And, and it resulted in, a lost, of, in a, like a lost trust or a loss of faith from my sister whom I love and respect very much. And so I've been sitting with that shame um, because I really never want to let her down. And I never wanted to let Jake down, and I feel like I've let a lot of people down, and I don't know how to come back from that. So I'm not gonna cry. This is just me sitting in my car, um, <laughs> and um, I'm just I'm in I'm in a weird place right now. So I'm looking at my options of how to lift the financial burden that my sister carries to try and help me have this safe place for my children. Now that I have an extra room, I'm thinking, well, I should be able to rent that out and use some of that money to help pay for the rent um, that way. Because she is, she's extended me um, a window of time to save. And I wasn't utilizing that. I was just utilizing that to splurge at the time. And I didn't think of all the work that she'd put in. And I think that that was me just trying to be ignorant because I needed to feel better um, because I was looking for a short-term solution to a very long-term problem so I I'm acknowledging that I did that and I wanted to say it out loud because I think that my sister's been nothing but an amazing light in my life and I never wanted that to go away and so I hope that I can find a way to get past what happened with us because I love her very much. And, um, and so now I'm just kind of in the midst of going back to work and it's, whenever I have these periods of time where I I have to take time off, initially I wasn't trying to take such a long stretch, but the way that things were playing out with Jake, I saw that I was probably going to have to end up kicking him out. And, and I was hoping that I wouldn't I was thinking maybe it would just be me trying to get him adjusted to some type of inpatient program and instead it just turned into me trying not to feel so awful and, and lonely um, I think I've listened to my sister's podcast a number of times since everything's gone down and I just needed to not feel alone and they helped me feel not alone and I really am super grateful that they're there. So I'm going to take steps to be aware of my inability to release the coping things uh, when I'm stressed. Like the smoking, the drinking, toxic relationships. Um, I'd like to make all my relationships in my life healthy. I want to establish firm boundaries with myself and others and and this is a really good time and platform to do it and I know that I can do it and I'm just I'm just treading water right now and I'm looking around at other people and they're treading water and I know that this is is like a really weird time in our world and Is super scary, but it's also something that we can utilize our perspective. Like we need to step back and make it a point to understand what is the most important thing to you and why is that? The most important thing to me is my connection to my family. And and that is because i had a, a childhood where i was not able to connect with all of my family and it wasn't anybody's fault it was just the way that the cards were dealt and so for me i kind of go into a panic every time i think somebody's leaving and i i sometimes i actually scare them away with my response to it and so cuz it can feel intense and i never want that i just that's my own deep inner stuff. And I've been trying to, to bring myself to call my therapist. Cause every time I turn around this last month, anyway, I've had to, um, I've had to cancel last minute because there was always something that came up always right as I was supposed to have this phone appointment and I couldn't make it. And it was always something related to Jake. So I wasn't even able to get the mental health assistance that I needed uh, to give me the correct insight and perspective. So I'm really starting to vibe with the fact that there's a large number of people out there who are not getting the help that they need mental health wise. I had a passenger come up to me today and he said that he felt like he was just coated in in a layer of poison. And I said, what do you mean? And he said, I don't know. I just feel like. Everybody's getting really tired of me. And I said, well, if you want my opinion, I actually quite enjoy driving you around. And I don't think that you're a horrible person to hang with. And then I told him, I said, I think sometimes when other people are dealing with their own battles, we can forget sometimes that our interactions with them are not actually... Um, a result of how well we behaved, or how well they feel towards us, it could actually just be where they're at mentally. And um, I sort of, I guess, I, I opened up to him a little bit, and I, I told him, I said, you know, and I, I got in like a little bit of a tiff with my sister. And initially I was perceiving something as an attack even though it wasn't. And I and I thought about that after. And I felt really bad that I responded the way that I did. Um, because I legit love that woman. <laughs> and he was like, yeah, so you and your sister are close. I don't have any siblings. And I said, I'm really sorry that you don't. And I feel really lucky that I do. And I said, but what I meant by that story is to tell you that... I I responded to someone who I love and care about as no reflection of who they are or how I feel about them, but as a reflection of the state of my own mental health, well-being and where I'm at and emotionally I was really wrecked because I love my son and I didn't tell my son, I didn't say that, I said I was just emotionally wrecked and I think right now a lot of people are hiding the fact that they're super lonely and they're in a state of fear. And they're losing faith and they don't know how to control that because they're in a place where there's no control anymore. I mean, we just watched our government get away with $1.5 trillion to the fucking richest bastards on the planet. I mean, that was a $2 trillion deal and they took a third of it, like two thirds of it. And they distributed that wealth amongst the wealthy. And that, to me, is 100% inexcusable. We're being robbed as a people. We're being robbed of our time. We're being robbed of our ability to have successful, thriving businesses and lives and connections. And it's all centered around like a really scary pandemic that's allowed them to just open up the pocketbooks and create imaginary money. And the, the best fucking part about the whole damn thing is that... There are so many people out there who have not seen a fucking dime of the money that was supposed to carry them through a majority of this lockdown. Shit got locked down in like late February, early March. Okay. It's May and nobody that I know, nobody, I think I've got two fucking people that I know got their stimulus checks. Everybody else is just sitting and waiting. But the bankers and the corporations—they got all their fucking money, didn't they? I mean that—that's enough, right there. That's enough for you to stop thinking for a moment about well, maybe our government's corrupt. No, it's fucking corrupt, dude. It's real fucking corrupt. And and we're in a place of despair and and depression. And this is not this is not the move. And I need to be able to be the light. And I haven't been able to because of my own personal dramas. And I'm hoping that I can find a resolve to the issue that I'm dealing with very soon. So that I can get back on track to becoming a healthier, happier person. So that I could become that light for the people out there that need it most. Because tonight, I struggled to find words for that man. And I usually can just pull that shit out of nowhere. And so this is my ask, you know, my call for assistance. Like, if you have any light and happiness inside of you, please share it with others. Please allow them to see that this is not the end of the world and that we're going to make it. But right now, things are in extreme transition. And, it, and it's, it's dividing itself down onto a microscopic scale. Like, in the grand scheme of things, collectively, yes, all of us are in a, in a stage of transition and shift. Okay. We're all doing introspection. We're all going through our own personal crisis at the same time on a microscopic level, even down to an individual person and an individual hour and a moment and a day, we're seeing suicide rates jump. Like we need to be the light. If you got it, share it. If you need it, ask for it. Do what you can do to hang on right now. And I will do the best that I can to get through this fucking darkness. And and be a goddamn beacon of light. Because that's what I want to be. For a city that I love. For fucking people out there that need it. And I know because I need it. And I'm getting it from those around me who still have it. This is an exchange of light. And we need to be like open about it. There, There can be no frivolity. No frivol mindset when it comes to expressing light and love to people. This is the time right now that we need each other and we're going to get through it together if we do that. So this is Kilowatt. I am almost home. It is 1256 and I love you. I'll talk to you later. Bye.